Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. As always, there's a lot of news going on in tennis. I do remember when we started this show, we were like, we can't do this every two weeks. There's just too much going on. (laughs) And there's been a lot uh, going on in the tennis world. I mean, you should know it's the 35th anniversary of when the IOC um, put tennis back at the Olympics. Did you know that? 1988, is that it? So t- today, marked. I read a story, today marked the anniversary of when they made the decision to reinstitute tennis back into the Olympics for 88. Wow, 35 years, damn. I mean, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because in 84, I remember tennis was a spectator sport. It was like a trial sport, I think. I think... Um, there was like there's this whole pro versus amateur and tennis went sort of professional and they were still trying to keep players to be more amateur and but they gave in and your girl won that year (laughs) steffi everything comes back to steffi (laughs) yes (laughs) but we uh digress a little bit um so i'm a student of communications and I am a student of media and one thing that I have learned about producing good media is that you try never to bury the lead mm. um, so the lead mm. of this particular episode we should get out right away and uh, this is not something that I can share I think it's something that you are best equipped to share. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Alrighty. Well, you know, I think those of you that have followed us, all of our Instagram followers, our TikTok followers, people on all of our social platforms, people on Facebook even, have noticed that um, many of you know that I take care of the socials and the socials have been kind of non-existent over the past couple of weeks. Um, I pulled a bit of a Naomi Osaka <laughs> uh, in that <laughs> in that I was taking a little mental health break from the pod. Um, uh, and for what reason? I mean, Jason and I started this pod two years ago. And even as I'm saying it, I feel like a lot of people can kind of clue in as to what I'm about to say. Um, and it was literally a seed of an idea. It originally started with us wanting to create a clothing line together a sustainable tennis clothing line which jason you still have all of those yards of fabric (laughs) (laughs) we're still gonna do that (laughs) in your condo somewhere and um from that it was jason's truly jason's idea and it was like girl you know what let us start a podcast let's start this ready play tennis podcast to create um, a community of listeners that will tune in every week. Well, initially it was every two weeks, but then it became every week to hear us just fucking shoot the shit <laughs> <laughs> about tennis, be shady little queens, and 102, 103 episodes later, you know, five interviews with WTA and ATP stars, including Leila Fernandez, Vika Azarenka, Rebecca Marino, um, uh, Jeannie Bouchard, who is our, you know, our gateway star into this entire situation. And of course, Christian Harrison. Um, And honestly, all of the listeners that we've amassed over the past two years, it has been a crazy and wild ride. It has been so fulfilling and so satisfying, but I am going to be stepping away from the pod. And, you know, as I'm saying it, it's a bit of a surreal situation. You know, when you dedicate your 
um, every Tuesday and then lately every Wednesday because you're <laughs> releasing episodes on Thursday to spending time with one of your best friends and shooting the shit and researching and talking about tennis and brainstorming how you can how we could take this pod to a different level it's yeah it's definitely bittersweet but you know understand that the decision that i made to step away from the pod came with a lot of thought and you know the question probably on everyone's mind is like girl why girl why why are you stepping away you know, you got you guys got a good thing going on, and I acknowledge that Jason and I definitely have a really good thing going on. But you know, life happens, and priorities change, and you know, this little baby that you and I created, it you know has had so many accolades. We were featured in In Magazine, which was a is a popular publication here in Toronto. We got picked up and retweeted and responded by a lot of WTA and ATP players but you know I just felt like I've done everything that I could with the pod and all of you know that I have a crazy busy life and there are just other things that I'm ready to explore other than ready play at this time so yeah it's with sad it's with sadness that I'm stepping away from the pod but you know, it's a decision that I made for myself and a decision that, you know, I talked to Jason about before we obviously launched or recorded this episode. And I'm just very grateful. I'm very, I'm super grateful. The, the person that I'm the most grateful to is you, Jay, because, I mean, who can say they can spend a couple hours every week talking about just a passion that both you and I have Um you know, in our own tennis playing and in just covering the world of tennis over the past two years, you know, it's obviously something that's connected us. And, you know, and I and I told this to Jason offline just half an hour ago, the best thing about this pod is not the players that we interviewed. It's not like the publication that we ended up getting in, but it's the spending time with you and, you know, the connection and the deepening of our friendship. So, We'll just, girl, we'll just have to find other avenues to, to hit up, <laughs> to keep this friendship fire going on. Mm-hmm. But in summary, thank you to everyone, literally everyone, family, friends, strangers that picked up our pod on Spotify and iTunes. I have really enjoyed being your shady and um, controversial voice, tennis voice over the past two years. And... Alyssa, I still have access to the Ready Play Instagram, so if you want to send a shady message, you can still do that. But thank you to everyone, and thank you, Jason, for two amazing years. Bye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, thank you for being part of creating something really fun and really awesome, and for all the hilarious moments. Um... Yeah, as I told you offline, I was a bit conflicted by the whole thing because a lot of our friendship has revolved around tennis and Mm -hmm. uh, talking about it and doing it and playing it and your sort of evolution of being ready to play in different (laughs) avenues um, sort of pulls you away from that and in in a sense um, may disconnect us in some way. So we just need to be... Um, intentional about finding other ways to um, hang out and do stuff yeah absolutely I mean tennis will never tennis is something I will always love she needs a bit of a break (laughs) and so I know I'm going to come back to it you know like winter team tennis is something that I've taken a break from but I know I'll come back to but yeah, she's always there. She's like, you know, that trusty, reliable um, booty call. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk a little bit later on in the show about like some of our f- favorite things. And to, I guess, share, I have made no plans about what I will do. I don't, uh, obviously, I think a pause makes sense um, to sort of rethink 
or think about how I want to continue it and if I want to and obviously Aldwin has given me carte blanche and I have told him he shall receive no royalties if this goes on to um, be more successful and we get more than 10 people buying our merch <laughs> thanks to the 10 people who bought our merch um, so yeah I um, I don't know but it has been um thoroughly enjoyable doing this with you and the reason why this show is so good is because you and I have good repartee and chemistry as bumbling idiots about tennis <laughs> and um, I even if I do continue this I will still probably never know all of the players in the top 100 of either the WTA <laughs> or ATP so if you expect that when I and when and if I come back to the show um Go fuck yourself. You know, just just like the the guy that I've been trying to slide into his DMs recently. You know, all you thirsty bitches that are like trying to take over this spot, give her a week. Give her a week. <laughs> slide into those DMs. I promise you, I'm not gonna get mad. <laughs> yeah. I think you know maybe it's time for another white voice on this show. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no i mean who knows who, who it's all about tennis so um yeah i'm i'm clearly being an idiot on um there's enough white people who have their own shows um so while you are sort of taking a break from tennis i can tell you next week that you can't no because um we are playing the CGO, the Canadian Gay <laughs> Open, which is one of the biggest tournaments in, well, in Canada, I guess. It is the biggest yeah. one in Canada. Girl, it's a Master Series this year. It's a Master Series. And um, as you know, I got some surprising news Saturday when I was playing <laughs> Interteam Tennis. <laughs> and um, this impacted you as well. I was uh, just in my uh, like in my condo finishing the the last couple of episodes of Ozark, being so hateful toward Jonah. Those of you that watch Ozark will know why I'm hateful toward Jonah. And I get this message come through on my messenger from Lee Lee Moore, who is the I think he does like logistics and scheduling. He's on the committee and he makes the draws. Yeah, that bitch makes the draws. And um, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to pull up that message. I'm going to tell you exactly what he wrote to me. <laughs> <laughs> so this girl messages me a picture of the CGO um, tournament entry situation. And below it, he writes, Hey, Jason and Aldwin, as we get ready to prep for CGO draws, just want to keep you guys in the loop that we had to bump your doubles team to open. <laughs> As Jason's doubles points give him an open doubles ranking. So not only did this girl just, I know, clap, give Jason a clap, clap. All of those, all of those down the line forehands that he thinks he can hit obviously paid off on the doubles court. Leaving you a target and, at the net. And you know what? This bitch is the reason why we're going to be playing open. How fucking crazy is that? I mean, I mean, you're sort of playing less and you're wanting to take a little bit of a break from 10X and I'm like, nope. No, bitch, we're going to play the best of the best. Uh, for all of you that don't know what the open situation is, open is like fucking, like, I, I don't, I can't even think of an, a good metaphor, but like, I would, it's like, I don't know. Uh, open people are just almost professional to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I watch the open doubles matches, the open singles matches at any GLTA tournament. I'm like, girl, I couldn't even probably win a game. <laughs> it is mesmerizing to watch them play didn't you play though with russell in open once didn't you guys have to get to play one tournament we did so very quickly in 2017 russell and i w completed our dream of capturing the 20 <laughs> the c we did the cgo <laughs> a doubles championship and then we went to detroit and we're like we're not we're not done yet so we got to the finals <laughs> of detroit in a doubles and uh, it was a master series so the points were worth more and then we got bumped to open at coupe de la reine in montreal and we lost one in love to some bitches from and that was fucking it and that was the <laughs> n 
can I be honest with you and say never at that point I was like, well, that was fun. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to see open again. So I'm going to enjoy this match. I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but fuck bitch. Now here we are. And I'm playing CGO open doubles. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and you're like, you're like 50 to 75% better a doubles tennis player than I am. I obviously did well because you and I made the final in Montreal last year. I mm. happened to, we, we made the semifinal of Montreal in 2019. Mm. Um, played those people who shall not be named. Who, <laughs> From Boston. <laughs> right. I have, I have nothing to lose anymore. If I knew their names, I would call them out right now. <laughs> and then uh, I made the final that same summer 2019 in Chicago. So yes. when I got this, all of this information on Saturday that I'm in open and Lee delivers this after having defeated me in the super tiebreak of my first double match, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, not again, because this has happened to me before where I compete and I'm like making finals and I'm making semifinals like consistently yet have never got the winner's trophy. And here we are. So this happened to me um, in my singles in sort of 2017, latter part of 2018, where I was making multiple deep runs and yeah. uh, not winning and then getting bumped up. Washington DC semifinal, uh, indie final. Yeah, Indy Final, um, and then um, I made a quarterfinal in Toronto, and then the final you had made in the Detroit. No, and you also made the final, the final at, in, in Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for you. I'm not. That's uh, you're you're clearly an excellent player, singles and doubles. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. So drag her all you want. This bitch has the points to show for it. She is an uh, she is an open doubles player, and let's just let's just like stand back for a second and enjoy that <laughs> accolade. No, 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 for real, because like the the what you need in order to get those open doubles points is either like you know either a championship and then a final run, which Russell and I did in 2017, or you've got to be consistently in the semis or the finals. So of the a draw mm -hmm. so girl please i hate you we could have won our i mean if i was more into it we could have won the a doubles this year but whatever we would have, we would have been number one seed if we were like just ten thousand points less or something well we should have lost to fucking captain spooner and palm palm that's true and but we beat the we beat those bitches that felt so good i know captain spooner i know you're watching my stories you watch them every day <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I got the news, I was like, oh, th again, I'm not, you know, I'm getting bumped up and I'm going to lose quickly. But then I, it did get me juiced. I'm not going to lie. I was like motivated in that second doubles match and I was playing the tits and playing really well and like hitting the, the spots on the serve and hitting winners down the line against Nancy, who is like so good and joe so yeah we we won that second match and i was feeling it okay okay sis yeah i'm i'm gonna promise you that i'm gonna bring what i can <laughs> to the tournament <laughs> i th listen i don't have any um i don't have any doubts about my ground game or my neck game needs a bit of work that oh it doubles obviously it's the serve Honestly, if my service is, is, if my service is at least consistent, we could, we could win a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> a couple games more than you and Russell did in Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you? Maybe we need a hit, hit a hit pre CGO next week at like Mayfair. Hold on for a second. Is CGO next week? Next weekend, yeah. So not this coming weekend, the weekend after. <laughs> this is how, this is the kind of break that Alduin is taking from tennis. <laughs> he doesn't Guys, even know when the tournament is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the it's the real deal. Okay, you know what? Can I just say, just on a side note? Okay, so listen, obviously I love tennis. Everyone knows now I'm taking a break. <laughs> she is looking, I am accepting applications for boyfriends and husbands. That is what I've been spending my time on. So... 
I do love the tennis court, but like you know, she this girl's not getting any younger. She is interviewing, in quotes, interviewing. If you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, I am going to be on a court at some point with you, right. whether that's on the Saturday morning. <laughs> I think our listeners are wondering: Are these entry level positions? <laughs> I mean, it's probably like a double entry mm-hmm. position. I was thinking. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do our best. Um, it is it is highly probable and likely that we will not have a trophy, <laughs> but we will have fun. And the good thing is, if we lose first round, then I will go back to A when I go to Boston to play in June. That is right. Girl, are you excited for Boston? Yeah, it'll be fun. And um, Eric again will not have to play open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to win our open doubles match. <laughs> well, okay, listen to me. You know that if we, win your, if we win one open doubles match, bitch, we're... F- fucking stuck and open for a, for a minute so you better <laughs> message eric's again if we do win that first round match and be like girl find another partner <laughs> yeah i gotta give him some time to find somebody else to play with <laughs> um in preparation for that i don't know that I, it, i've told you but i did start doing lessons again <gasps> with so, who with 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 jordan so that i could start you know, getting more consistency and getting a bit more patience in in the points and and to be a bit more strategic and help with my serve so that I'm not wasting my time um, at these tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> and I was feeling a bit like I wasn't playing really well, and I had the injury and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, listen to me. Jordan was one of the magical keys that set off the string of finals and semifinal, um, the uh, uh, showings that you had at the GLT tournaments. Not to mention this. Ins- Do you even know? I don't even think we shared this on the podcast before. But you had at one point literally like a fifty match winning streak again, like against <laughs> over was- two years. It was like fifty <laughs> matches. Yeah. So fucking well, annoying. We, we did, <laughs> we did go back and forth <laughs> in that respect. For some reason, we would have like stretches where we, you were winning lots and I was winning lots. And the last time we played, you won. So, yeah. So I, I mean, that's a good thing that you're back with Jordan because when you're patient and you're like not trying to pull the trigger on that fucking forehand, because I know, I know you, bitch. I know that you watch the tennis on the weekend. I know that you are, you're watching Alcaraz, my boyfriend, and you want to play like that and just like fucking hit those winners but so so relentless that guy (laughs) yeah we're gonna talk about him actually i think that's what we're gonna talk about next so (laughs) he is your boyfriend although you're taking (laughs) entry-level positions from others (laughs) but right you're right he is the first guy to beat Nadal and Djokovic back to back on clay in like 17 years, apparently. So that's like 2005 when those guys were like, I mean, Djokovic was still, I don't even think he was in the top 20 at, in back at that time. Nadal mm-hmm. was, had won a slam already, but, or was close to it. <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's pretty remarkable and then he just destroyed Zverev because Zverev was still a bit tired from his 4 a.m. bedtime the night before (laughs) (laughs) I mean one and three or something like that right in the final three and one yeah three and one I I was clearly thinking about you because as the um as Madrid was unfolding I truly could not believe what was transpiring in front of my eyes I don't think, clearly, we have not seen this kind of talent since Nadal. He's still a teenager, and he takes, his route is Basilashvili, Nori, um, Nadal in the quarters. Uh, in the semifinals, it was Djokovic, and uh, Zverev, he just trounced. Like, are you, are you, surpri- I, okay, let me just preface this by saying, 
I truly believed that the age of the tennis teenager phenom was done. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I figured that, like, you know, with technology and with um, training, that you would see a lot more players be more successful in their mid-20s, maybe early 20s. But, girl, this this is a wonder, wunderkind. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty incredible. I would say it's funny. You know, we're, we've talked a lot the last two years. Happy birthday to us. Um, <laughs> that he, we've been waiting for these guys to, like, break through and, like, give the big three a run for their money. You know, uh, Rublev's, the Medvedev's, the teams, the Zverev's, the Tsitsipas's, like, all these guys um, sort of slowly begun to make their move. And now, in a way, it sort of feels like Carlos Alcaraz has leapfrogged them in a way. <laughs> like he's he's like stepping on them and stepping over them on his way to a grand slam before all of those guys with the exception of team you know whatever and you know, <laughs> who got who was very deserving oh, oh sorry i could just quick question where is daniel what's his what's he his deal has um like a uh, an ab injury or a rib injury or something. Yeah. I think it's an ab injury. I mean, the fact that you use leapfrogged is the perfect um, metaphor because he's in that greenish color with that white for his Nike kit. Uh, you're, you're correct 100%. I am astounded by this kid's talent. I shouldn't say kid because I'm dating him. You know what I mean? That makes me feel weird. Uh, by this um, young man's talent. And, um, you know, in watching his match against Nadal, who clearly is the, you know, that is like the juxtaposition of the old guard and the new new guard of um, Spanish tennis, you felt like you were watching something monumental. Like clearly there was, that was, that match will will be pegged in the tennis history books as a changing of the guard. Mm -hmm. Um, This kid is one Madrid, He's won two other Masters 1000, 1000s, hasn't he, this year? He won Miami. One other. He won Miami. Um, and, I mean, last time I checked, he was, what, number six? And now he's moved. has he moved up in the rankings? Uh, he must have. I actually didn't check that um, today. But, yeah, he won Barcelona. He won Rio. Mm. And um, Miami. Miami. So, yeah, he's... He's the hot property. As uh, Zverev said, he's the best in the world right now, even though you're still five years old. (laughs) 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 That's what he said during the trophy presentation. Like, honestly, what were you doing at 19? (sighs) Masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was in first year university. I was in a fraternity and um yeah that's it still living at home and then i moved out second year yeah i mean i was going to raves and getting my parents to call the police on me because i hadn't come home that night like (laughs) (laughs) he's winning you know hundreds of thousands of euro and getting (laughs) vuv clico spritzed on him by his losing (laughs) opponents in their final Okay, another question for you. Um, what the fuck is up with that drop shot? Bitch, what is up with that drop shot? It's so good. He's, it's got, like, all the, he's got all the skills. I've never seen a guy take a ball midair and uh, do a drop shot volley from kind of like from an, a weird spot on the court. It's like not quite at the net and it's not quite at the service line it's kind of in between Mm -hmm. and he's able to angle that shit like he literally i mean he obviously knew that zero was up at four o'clock in the morning so (laughs) she was just drop shotting that bitch all day every day yeah yeah you didn't ask him about the drop shot (laughs) i mean i was the one that actually told him that he should drop shot that shit (laughs) were you um did were you consulted on the decision about pulling out of Rome? Um, I mean, listen, I had already told him that 
it was my intention to kind of step back away from the pod. Um, he's won four titles this year. What is he going to do with a fifth title? I wanted him to save his energy for the French Open, clearly. Um, so to let everyone know, full transparency, we are still going to Rome. We're not participating. Well, he's not participating in the tournament, but we're definitely going to get myself a bag. <laughs> so, I mean, just like that, just like on TikTok, the, I'm not chasing the bag. The bag is chasing me. I deserve it. So <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And has he talked to you about what he thinks are his chances to win a, a Grand Slam this year? Babe, I don't even I don't even talk about it. I, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I mean, clearly we have to talk about something, <laughs> but he's the one. He's the one. And I mean, like, Juan Carlos Ferrero is like, stay away from him. He doesn't need the distraction. You being his boyfriend, it's like, you know, he's clearly so enamored with you. He's like, you need to just go back to Toronto and do your thing. Yeah. Get, out of, his, get out of his way. <laughs> Buy him the <laughs> nicest bag and the the most expensive business class trip out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I have some thoughts. I think, you know, it's still hard to know how well he'll do in best three of five over an extended fortnight. Mm -hmm. I, th I think, you know, a lot of people believe he is most effective on clay. I think he's he will be good on all surfaces. Uh, he's proven that since he won Miami as mm -hmm. well. And I think... Um, the tail end of the season will give him two slams of practice in three out of five set matches. So I would pick him to win the U.S. Open over his chances at the French Open, which might surprise oh. some people. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> really? You think that U.S. Open over, over the French? Just you, because just... of the time. Like, I think he needs a bit more... I mean, he's winning everything right now, so I could be, like, stupid wrong, but... But, girl, you know that he's 19. Like, he doesn't need... Listen, he could play a four-and-a-half-hour four match, um, you know, have a little kind of session with me, and then get back on the court and just kill it. Like, she doesn't need any sleep, believe me. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, um, the French Open starts in, uh, like... 11 days. Wow. Wow. Tennis is really... What a time for me to take a break from tennis. Like, CGO is coming back. French Open is just, like, all of that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Wimbledon. It's good. <laughs> what is Wimbledon? <laughs> <laughs> your favorite... No, your, what's your favorite tournament's the French Open. I love the French Open. I do. This, your favorite yeah. slam. Yeah. yeah, you know why? It's because of the fashion. The fashion. Did, side note: Did you like Rafael's Nadal's kit? Like you I like did. that blue? He's really? good with the kits. Yeah, the orange and blue I liked, and then the teal situation I liked that too. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Um, we should continue with Madrid and talk about Ons. No. Absolutely. Surprise. So I'm not. I I I think I'm surprised at how decisively she beat Simona, because Simona uh, was playing so well, and Simona destroyed a couple people um, before getting destroyed by Ons. Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, am I surprised that Ons Jabor won a clay court tournament? Especially, I mean, having spoken about the drop shot earlier and how effective she is in using that shot so no not surprising um can we just reel it back for a second i'm sorry to digress a little bit can we talk about bianca andreescu's destruction of danielle collins one and one <laughs> yeah what she, the what the fuck she played really well in that match um i and mean danielle is a bit she was a bit over everything, I think. <laughs> after after like after like the fourth game, she was clearly not into it. But Bianca was like, she was that was as she said. I think in the post match interview, she's like that. That's this is my best best match so far. So, yeah, I was really proud. I mean, 
talking about this being my last episode and the the funny things that we have done over the course of these two years i mean her give it what was that tennis no not tennis united what was the name of that show that they did during the pandemic yeah um something like yeah it was something like that with with like te- uh, Be- bethy and, and <laughs> vashik yeah i mean the joke there is that she ended up zooming in or skyping in or whatever it is that she did from um, the basement from her basement and we wanted to give her a lamp because she was, could have used a little bit of lighting. <laughs> it was very super dark, very dark, but her game was definitely not dark in that match. But you know, she is again, a player that we're, we're really wanting to get back into that U S open form that took her to that first grand slam because to have her in the equation now with a resurgent Simona Halep, our girl Annette Contevite, the one at one point that remained nameless because we were jinxing every person that you know we said was going to. Actually, I was jinxing every every person that I said was going to yeah. win was me. <laughs> um, that would be that would be a cute situation for for Bianca. I, I think. Uh, listen, I think that she's still in like getting her form mode. I don't think that we should have a lot of expectations for her for the French Open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she is still as you pointed out correctly getting her form she does mm. tend to at least in the previous comebacks like last year when she made the final in Miami she gets the form back fairly quickly maybe this time mm-hmm. it's a little bit slower but that's probably better for her because she's so prone to sometimes having some injuries mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we know because you get those Instagram forehand <laughs> shots on the court happy <laughs> And prepped and getting ready, and then she with withdraws with, with injury. So um, it that also became a running theme. Obviously, the mental health break is a very different situation. But we want to we want to we only want to see you play. So it's happy to see her doing well. Um, I think she's moved moving on in Rome. Um, mm-hmm. I can't. I haven't sort of followed a ton of the the matches this week. Um, it is Wednesday, but I do know Djokovic is going to play Vavrinka tomorrow. That'll be good. Ooh, Djokovic Vavrinka. Vavrinka got his first um, match win against who was it again Opelka. in Rome? Apelka. Ooh, girl, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, Apelka on clay. It's funny. We I remember last year around this time, it was one of the tune-up tournaments to the French Open. And uh, I was like, Apelka's really playing well. I mean, it was so surprising because, you know, a guy that tall, you wouldn't imagine would be so kind of agile on the dirt. But I don't know. I, I haven't heard a lot of uh, from Apelka in the past couple of months. So, I mean, good for Stan. That's a good mm-hmm. win for him, I think. It is, yeah on his own sort of injury comeback. But um Ons is the one. Ons is the Ons is the one. Um she she's clearly Ons in this tournament. Yeah, I mean she's she to me is a favorite. She played well in Charleston. She lost to Benchich in the final there. Um, so yeah, I would definitely have her. I mean, <laughs> if I was participating in a preview <laughs> preview episode for the French Open, uh, Ons would definitely be one of my picks to go to go deep. Mm-hmm. And Iga would be at the top of the list. Iga, uh, Iga would be still number one. Um, do we want to continue with Ons? Because I have mm-hmm. a question for you about two players that we have clearly covered over the past two years that were destroyed <laughs> in the Spanish capital. Mm-hmm. Naomi Osaka lost yes. to your girl, Cerebus Tormo, three and one. What she the fuck did. happened there? Well, you and- know, Cerebus Tormo, is, <laughs> she has a nickname. And <laughs> Naomi was getting lots of balls back but so were was Cerebus Tormo with them chips and them loopy balls <laughs> them slices making her like yeah flummoxed super flummoxed um okay i mean i can see i can see how that would be a 3 in 1 situation for Cerebus Tormo Kalin, Kalinina defeating 
Mugu Three in Love. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ha- I don't really know very much about Kalinina. I know that I what I do know about her is that she has had a fairly successful 2022. But for her to take out Mugu on home turf, especially to take a to take one of the sets as a bagel, is very surprising to me. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I know Badosa, who also lost. There's a certain level of pressure that comes, I think, for them playing in that stadium. It's a like mm-hmm. beautiful stadium. Fans who are very passionate about tennis and passionate about their players. Um, yeah, I think there is a bit of that pressure. Um, like Ash Barty in Australia, like Emma will have... At the uh, at Wimbledon this year, so, <laughs> but yeah, that is she's a top player. She shouldn't be losing to a player like that. Um, love in in a set. It was like it's you know it harkens back to that match she had with Ali Risk, um, with <laughs> Indian Wells or whatever. She was up. Yeah, like, I don't know what she was up, but she ended up losing like eleven out of the next twelve <laughs> games or something. She, I think she won the first set like really easily. And, yeah, the hot. Mess. What is it? So she's she's struggling. What a disaster. Um, <laughs> okay, let's. We should also talk about JPEG. Yeah, JPEG. I love her. I love her game. You... It's so crisp. I love her ground stroke. She, she's like. A better Sophia Kennan. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wow. You really read her. Where is she? Is she crying in a corner? Sophia? Yeah. I'm trying to get sure. her game back. Yeah, I think she's trying to get her game back. Maybe she's going to fire her dad as her coach. And yeah, Jay Peg- yeah, Pegola. As Jonathan called her, Pegola. <laughs> Pegola. You know, JPEG to me is... She's an. I think she's an all surface, all court player. So, and I think her clearly her greatest asset is her temperament. She doesn't get too emotional, and that allows her to kind of stay in matches, and be able to fight for matches and have like the right attitude and try to close out matches. Um, she, oh gosh, I. I I don't even know if this is an appropriate term, but she to me she's always a dark horse. Like she's never a favorite, but she's always like a person that you don't want in your quarter of the draw mm-hmm. because you know you really have to bring your game, you know, in order to beat her. She's not going to give you give away a match, unlike for example, um, Anisimova, <laughs> who I love, right. but is like can spray so many balls and just kind of throw a match away. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, she is making her way in so that she she's moving her way up to becoming less of a dark horse and more of a real threat in these events, just based mm-hmm. on her results and her rise in the rankings and now making the final in Madrid. So kudos to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should give a, a nod to Cerebus Tormo. She was the only Spanish player to make the quarterfinals. <laughs> she beat Pavlyuchenkova and then Naomi and then Kazakina before she lost to Pegula. Good, good for her. I mean, there's a, there's a place in tennis for people like Cerebus Tormo, um, Nicolescu, you know, unorthodox and just really fucking annoying games. Bublik. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, you know, part of the, what I've been, um, what I learned in my most recent lesson was some of her game and some of Bianca's game is in terms of like creating more arc on, on my ground strokes to, and, and putting it in certain spots on the court to put your player on a, on a defensive position so mm-hmm. they do that really well with with those loopy balls and sort of how they kick back with the top spin so yeah are you gotta respect it are you practicing that one ha- that one-handed backhand drive with, with yes. jordan yes so we practice a little bit of that and and doing it sort of um on the off foot sort of a la dominic team 
Bitch, oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna deploy that <laughs> and hit probably two winners in our love and two open doubles. <laughs> Don't say love and two. Oh, that's the winning, that's our winning score. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it uh, on rise is super cool. Um, we need like a sweet spot of people who can contend with Iga. So we just mm-hmm. need a few more players to get up there because obviously Iga is back in Rome. And uh-huh. as we recall um, last year when we recorded the post Rome episode, I made breakfast or I got up to make breakfast <laughs> and that final was over against Pushkova. Love and love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That is right. Oh, my God. Um, sorry, just one little comment. Remember Krajikova? Remember how she won the French Open last year? <laughs> she's not in Rome. And, I mean, I think the verdict is still out, whether she's going to be able to vet, to defend her title, even, like, her pre- her presence. No, I was going to ask about that. She, she has sort of been absent from these events. Is she dealing with an injury as well? I didn't... I didn't know that yeah she was talking about having participated in doha and there was some kind of mysterious pain in her arm that um that had kind of crept up and so i think that's just kind of been like a like an an injury that has been that's kind of haunted her this year so yeah i'm not sure what her intentions are but i mean she literally has all the points to defend, but I don't know what's a better decision to kind of pull out or I, I don't, I don't clearly she's not a favorite. Right. Do you ask Carlos that too? Whether he's going to pull out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on prep, so it's okay. I, I like how you got that joke as you were saying. <laughs> um, I know I, my two weeks on prep is uh, like, you know, I'm good. So, you just do it. I mean, we don't need to talk about this. Per se, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, speaking of prep, uh, the CGO, <laughs> the CGO does a raffle and the raffle this year supports the charity that I work for, which is the AIDS Committee of Toronto or ACT. So, so grateful to CGO um, for doing that. So we should give them a bit of a plug and it just felt like a nice natural way to do that when you're talking about prep, because we do a lot of campaigns <laughs> about that and, um, prevention and outreach and yes. all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you and your team at the AIDS committee of Toronto have done incredible work for our community, especially in the greater Toronto area. I mean, the church and Wellesley corridor, there's a lot of people that avail of your services. I mean, and you have definitely illuminated me on the services that you provide. Like folks, AIDS is still a real thing. And so, you know, if you have a minute and you're coming down to the CGO and you're enjoying Toronto, it would be nice if you made a donation or did what you could to support. I mean, yeah, you're just support the people that are on that are utilizing the service. Yeah. Uh, ACToronto.org forward slash donate. Okay. Well, we are reaching the end of an era (laughs) an Alduin era Um, what would you like to say about your time on the show like do you have a a moment now or do you have a a moment (laughs) you um, are fond of uh, memory wise the moment that comes to mind actually is something that never that has never been released on air. Um, in twenty twenty, it was twenty twenty, right? The first year of the pandemic when things were shut down. Uh, right before the pandemic hit, Jason invited me over to his condo, which uh, you know Jason and his partner Wade used to live literally five seconds away from me in the Church Street area, and we were going to do a test. We had purchased all of our equipment. We had our, we had gotten our mics, our Zoom recorders, and uh, you know Jason invited me over to his place. 
we had our mic set up and we did like a um uh, a practice episode and that is the memory that comes to mind just talking the shit about tennis and how kind of like exhilarating it was to do something new and fresh and fascinating and exciting and so yeah that's the memory that definitely comes to mind uh the other memory that comes to mind is obviously genie um you know genie albeit she hasn't been on the tennis court and her kind of legacy in tennis is you know i think outside of the tennis court to be honest with you but she has proven to be such a supporter and she really gave us our first big break mm-hmm. you know like we were we that kind of put us on the map having interviewed her and she was so cool and vulnerable and easy to talk to and transparent and that is the kind of interview that you know at the beginning of this journey with Ready Play Tennis podcast that we I would have hoped to have more opportunities to do with players um Christian Harrison is a thirst trap I mean <laughs> he is just every snack possible um so fun interviewing him and uh, you know as Jason had mentioned in previous in a previous episode his constant communication back and forth just listen I, who cares what on what side of the political spe- spectrum you fall on because admittedly there are a lot of people that are just like how dare you have Christian Harrison on your show you know he aligns with the Republican Party and he believes this and that and that was never I mean you can maybe speak for yourself but that was never a question to us you know Jason and I were about providing entertainment and talking to tennis players and he has just embraced us with open arms so we're so happy that we had that experience to interview him um and I mean, what can I say? Uh, maybe two more things. <laughs> Layla, <laughs> the fact that we end, ended up capturing Layla Fernandez the year that she made the U.S. Open run to the final. When we interviewed her in, I think it was in April. No, mm-hmm. in April of that year. We, yeah, it was when, uh, Easter weekend that year. Yeah. Had she already won Monterey? She had yeah. at that time. Yeah. You know, to capture a moment in time of a player that clearly was on the up and up is something so special. And, you know, I still, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people approach me and say, you know what? I came to know your podcast through the Layla interview. Oh, wow. So I think think that's a pretty cool thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the things that I will always remember are the things that people don't see um it's it's the i have a bin in my closet it's a gray bin and it carries all of our recording equipment it carries our zoom it carries our microphone it carries my my ring light and what people don't know is that on normally on tuesday nights after a long day at work jason at ACT and myself at school, you know, looking through our notes on our Google Doc, setting up, texting each other, being like, hey, girl, are you ready? Like these little small um, traditions and practices that you and I have developed over two years. And then, you know, this is, I mean, this is something that we've never shared on the show before, but like right before we record, Jason says, one, two, three, record obviously to trigger us pressing the record button at the same time <laughs> and then he says one two three clap and we always have a little laugh to ourselves because we can never manage to clap at the same time or maybe <laughs> on occasion we've done it but yeah those are the things that i will always remember and i mean i think it's kind of hitting me right now like the finality of it all mm-hmm. but listen the the beautiful thing about doing a podcast is that it is forever immortalized in the archives of Spotify and iTunes and whatever platform you choose to listen to our podcast. So, you know, if there's ever like kind of a lonely or like, you know, retrospective moment, I know I can go back to like 2020 and listen to episode number one, your new sunshine double <laughs> and, you know, and get all those feels again. So 
Thank you, everyone. I love you all. Jason, I love you. I know that you know that, but I wanted to tell you that I love you. And thank you. Thank you for everything. It's just been an amazing ride. Yeah, I think um, thank you for sharing all of that and (laughs) saying I love you. Um, (laughs) Because I love you too. Um, I think, yeah, some of those things that don't get on air are some of the funnest memories i think you know one of my favorites was like having you know slid multiple times into azarenka's dms and then her getting back to us and said yeah guys i can do it and then you know a couple weeks later we're like hey we're just checking in and then she's like yeah i can do it tomorrow and we're like tomorrow <laughs> we didn't think we didn't think you'd say yes and say yes to tomorrow and she was flying back from somewhere um mm-hmm. so yeah i remember you and i it was november i was in <laughs> windsor um visiting my parents and working re- working remotely and we had to like scramble and i you're like can you can you do the notes so i spent a couple hours because you wanted to be good and then you know the interview was like beyond good she was so cool (laughs) and so fun and like talking about doing karaoke with serena and yeah and then you know the other piece are going back to what you said about Layla and the US Open final like not only did we interview her but we stayed in contact with her and we were actually having messages back and forth with her while we were playing the tournament and she (laughs) was beating Kerber and she's messaging us back and saying oh my god that's so thank you so much good luck in your doubles like to have somebody who's like making waves and beating Naomi Osaka and beating Kerber, <laughs> like actually take a moment after her ice bath or whatever she's doing. And <laughs> at, after, you know, winning these incredible matches and winning over the crowd and like the world to take a moment f- to talk to two gays on a court in, <laughs> in Montreal um, to say good luck in doubles was very cool. Yeah, it's like so cool, you know. Yeah, the, those are those are definitely the memories that will, yeah, that I will d- draw on. Um, Wimbledon's, that was like a cool, <laughs> the cool people little thing. I re- people love that. Jason, oh my god. Okay, there's a couple things that we still have to talk about. The Wimbledon's, uh, Jason, Jason being a, the ambitious person that he is is like girl we need to do a fucking episode every every day i'm like are you fucking kidding me Uh, and you know what i was like for this pod let's do it and even though both of us were busy and we were uh, both of us were kind of on vacation doing different things you know at one point jason had forgotten his his cord and had to drive back to get his cord and then we had to record late at night for the wimbledons i mean that's some fucking funny shit and (laughs) Honestly, the the um, National Bank Open last year, mm-hmm. that was for sure a highlight. I mean, it was our first opportunity to be out in public as the Ready Play Tennis podcast, wearing our merch. And, you know, I'm sure you remember this, but like as we're walking to the Aviva Center, we're like... Uh, what's it gonna be i mean like we're, <laughs> we were walking with wade and we were doing these stories and literally within like five minutes of us being there after bumping into andy who has been our long standing listener for years um this guy came up to us he's like do you guys do the radio play tennis podcast we're like yeah that's us <laughs> so you know and you know your you being uh, um on camera and uh, being Daniil Medvedev's number one supporter, like that's some cool shit. Yeah, yeah, and getting <laughs> you know on TV with our Nick Curio sign on tennis TV. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, not much else to add, man. It, it's been fun, and uh, who knows what will happen with the pod nest next nest <laughs> next and. Um, <laughs> where i choose to go with it but thank you for all of the memories we will have and all the episodes that 
now exist in perpetuity until I guess we decide to no longer pay for the podcast. <laughs> Which no. we'll, talk, we'll talk about after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you watch, did you ever watch Cheers? I, this is the only TV analogy that I can think of. Uh, I, I didn't, it wasn't a show that I watched. This is like a terrible way to end my last episode, <laughs> but who gives a fuck? It's like Shelley Long. I'm Shelley Long and I'm saying goodbye. And then maybe, just maybe, there's going to be a Kirstie Alley in the wings somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find my, my Shelley Long. <laughs> or, or my Kirstie Alley. Your Kirstie Alley, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well... We gotta end at some point. This is the this yeah. is the time. Um, and usually we say until next time, but we can't really say that. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna say then. Thank you and love you all, and enjoy all the tennis, all the time, everywhere, and like and such like as. Such as. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. We're here for your tennis-tainment, or your tentertainment, or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review. And like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.